0: Hello, this is Universal Soul Love Radio. I'm Dr. Lana Love. I'm Detective David Love. And we're here with our really good friend, Michael Tillinger. We're here in South Africa. We've been taking a tour with Michael around the stone circles, Mm. around the the ancient ruins in South Africa that are everywhere here. Been to see Adam's calendar. It's just been amazing. Very
1: exciting. Lots of new discoveries and giant footprint. That was just so exciting.
0: Just amazing. Yes. And you know just seeing these very, very ancient ruins that uh, represent the very start of, of humans
1: remarkable impressions in the rocks and just uh, really intriguing.
0: So we wanted to talk today about the one small town manifesto about the Ubuntu movement, and we want to introduce <clears throat> Michael Tellinger. Michael is a, an author scientist of of world renowned fame who has started the Ubuntu movement and he's written books such as Slave Species of God such as Adam's Calendar, and Temples of the African Gods, and of course the book on Ubuntu Contributionism. So we're very excited to have Michael here today.
2: Lovely to be with you. Thank you for visiting me in South Africa, and thanks for your interest in the ancient civilizations and the ruins. Uh, it is truly uh A new page on human history that we're turning here, especially with the latest discoveries on the fossils that you've witnessed yourselves now, and then you've really got a keen eye to find the fossils yourselves. The impressions are amazing in in these rocks. It's unbelievable. And and just the the vastness of these these vanished civilizations here in Southern Africa that cover more than 450,000 square kilometers with agricultural terraces, with 10 million, more or less 10 million, ancient stone structures uh, it's just truly remarkable to see how vast this civilization was and how little is known about it until you come across my work and my research. Because at this stage, I seem to be the only person that's still talking about it and researching it and providing new discoveries almost on a daily and a weekly basis. Mm. People don't seem to have an interest in it, the locals, because
1: it's, they're just day-to-day survival living and um, yeah. distracted from what's here. And it's enormous. It, you have to see it to believe it. It covers such a vast area, these broken circles of walls of stones put together and it 's amazing that they 're still held together and of course a lot of them are scattered but it 'd be really fascinating to see what 's underneath these hills they're just everywhere
0: and what 's really interesting is that I believe that your your study and your research into these ancient stone circles and the ancient civilizations actually is very closely connected to the Ubuntu movement yeah. and contributionism. Could you tell us a bit about
2: that? Yeah, it's really important because people sometimes separate my research into the ancient civilizations from the Ubuntu movement. And, they, you know, I've, I've even got emails from people saying, you know, I love it when you talk about Ubuntu, but stop talking about all that ancient stuff because you sound crazy. <laughs> and I go, really? It's the ancient civilization research that led me to the Ubuntu movement. It's the research that of the study of human origins, who we are, where we come from, why we're here. And what happened in the murky distant past that is very different from what our history books tell us. Firstly, I present the physical evidence. Here, you've seen it. You've seen it now. The Stone mm-hmm. circles, yeah. Adam Calendar, the giant footprint, and the fossils of giants and other creatures that we don't even know what size mm-hmm. they were, what they looked like. We don't know if they were reptilian, if they yes. were arachnoid, if they were humanoid, if they were uh, dinosaur-like creatures. All we know, we have giant body parts, fossilized body parts of giants and other creatures. So... I provide the physical evidence for a vast, vanished civilization that left behind more than 10 million stone structures, advanced technology, which I also share and, and discovered, the advanced technology with the cone-shaped tools and also the, um, the toroidal fields and the torus stones. And that has attracted the attention of the scientists around the world, uh, together with the with those that are interested in the origins of humankind, and specifically the Sumerian texts and the translations of the Sumerian texts. That point to South Africa and Southern Africa as the origins of humankind and the activity of the Anunnaki some 300,000 years ago and even further back in time. So we have now unquestionable physical evidence, the technology behind it, the fact that sun circles are energy-generating devices that generate incredible amounts of energy, Adam's calendar being the flagship among all those. And that information and that research has led us to rethinking our human origins completely Looking at this evidence, you can't just wish it away. It is there and it has remained here for a long time. And finally is uh, the, the fact that the Ubuntu movement has evolved out of this because of the discovery of the origins of money, where money comes from, who created it, how it was created, and how it was used for thousands of years as a tool of enslavement and not a tool to help people. And that led to the creation of the Ubuntu movement and realizing that we can get out of the slavery by rewiring the way we think and doing something that's never been done before, and that is addressing the problem of money and how money has influenced and controlled humanity. Mm.
0: So it's really fascinating to think that money is the tool of our downfall. Mm.
2: And it is. It, it is. could
0: be yeah. a lack of you know, having a world without money may free us. It's a wonderful idea. We're very keen to start doing this. So how mm. do we do this?
2: Yeah. So the Ubuntu movement, just so if people are new to this, has evolved since 2005 when I first discovered that money was not evolved over thousands of years. It was created as a tool of enslavement. Uh, that's when I started to promote the, the whole idea of creating a new society in a world without money and and then it got attached to the African philosophy of Ubuntu and sharing for each other and for communities and that really led to a growth of the Ubuntu movement that was unexpected and unprecedented and it turned into, it really the movement grew around me so from very humble beginnings in 2005 to where we are now in 2018 realizing that whichever way we look at at the future and how we how we do things into the future it must be different from what's happened in the past mm-hmm. Because we can't carry on opposing, resisting, violence, conflict. Those are all old paradigms. And the, the longer we persist in opposing and creating violence, opposition, and conflict, we just keep repeating the same mistakes that we've done for thousands That's and right. thousands of years. We've
1: tried this over and over for thousands of years, deposing and yes. overthrowing kings and governments in an effort to better our world and our living conditions. And yet we're still mm-hmm. in the same place, which tells us we need to be
2: doing something differently, which is a bunch Wolfgang Goethe, the famous Austrian uh, poet, philosopher, said that none are more enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. And the emphasis is on falsely. Mm. Most of the people in our life, in our society today, believe mm. that they're free because they have a job, they can get a car, they can drive on holiday, they can mm. do this, and that, and that they associate that with freedom. No, those are just some of the privileges we've been given by, mm. by our governments and the social structure that has formed around us. We don't realize that we're born into slavery. Mm. We are not born free. We are born into absolute and finite slavery. You cannot escape this because everything is controlled and manipulated by money and those who control the supply of money. It's not about the money or how much money you have. It's about the control of money. Mm -hmm. So if even if you have trillionaires and billionaires out there that can do what they want, they don't really control the outcome of what happens in the world. The world is controlled by a number of small global political elite, royal bloodline families that go back thousands of years. They control the supply of money, and through their control over the supply of money, they can manipulate any government, any situation, mm. any corporation, any which way they want, because they also own all the central reserve banks and the central banks of every country other than Russia and China and possibly North, North Korea and, uh, and one or two others that, that have still survived. So how do we change this? How do we create a new reality for ourselves? By doing something we've never done before. And that's something we've never done before is remove money from the system. But you can't just remove money from the system because then everything collapses and that just creates chaos and misery and and hardship and starvation and more conflict. So there needs to be some sort of a transitional phase, something that we should be able to do that, that gets us from the slavery system into into doing something different,
0: in a very different way.
2: We're recording this at at the Stone Circle premises, so we have people coming past us. So this is what you're hearing in the background. We're here on location. We're on location, Ubuntu headquarters. And so what has evolved with the Ubuntu movement is we've gone through starting a movement and then spreading the philosophy of getting rid of money. And people, many people resonate with that, but they started wondering, well, how do we do that? And so we thought, okay, well, let's start a political party. And let's start a political party that then goes and consists our philosophy to to replace money with what we call contributionism, where people contribute their skills and talents for the benefit of everyone. And if everybody contributes their skills and talents, then we'll have everything we need, whether it's healthcare, science, technology, um, education, space, information, microbiology, marine science, whatever, because they're always people that are interested in a specific subjects. So if everybody follows their passion, whether it's bakers or farmers or cheesemakers or whatever, there'll be enough for everyone because we support each other in everything we do, respect and honor each other for our skills and talents and what we do that we then share with everybody. We don't just do it for ourselves. If I cook food, I'll cook as much food as I need to cook for whoever else is in my company, right? And so it goes. So that became the philosophy that many people seem to have
0: embraced. And this has very much got its roots in tribalism, hasn't it? This is how we used to live,
2: well, care for each other, yes. in
0: one large tribe.
2: Yes. And everyone knows everyone, so there's no, no need for hoarding or, or hiding things. The question is, well, how do we get from here to there? And it's virtually impossible because money is a tool that is so deeply it's, – it's called the, the Babylonian black magic money system for a very specific reason, because money seems to be imbued with some sort of a black magic energy Mm. that destroys the way people think. It makes people crazy. It makes people commit murder and crime and give up their families and turn on their families and rip families and communities apart. Money is just, it does the most horrific things. Very true. And so the moment you remove money from the system, everything improves. And if you look at the Ubuntu book, obviously we can't go into all the details here. Once you look at the Ubuntu book and how the movement has evolved, over a 13-year period, you see this beautiful progression from us learning ourselves and evolving into the full-blown philosophy which we have reached now, and we might as well just share it quickly now, which is that one small town can change the world. One small town can change the world. And we can talk more detail about that. And I'm sure that Lana and David will talk to everyone in much more detail when they get back to Australia and start sharing this philosophy, which it seems like they've really embraced now and they're really starting to internalize. It takes a little while. It does, and it's certainly
0: something we want. We yeah. we want to live in a world where we don't have to work as much. I and mean, I have worked for so long. I've got two children. I worked full time. Didn't have enough time for the children. Didn't have enough time really to enjoy life. There, you know, I always I was searching for many years for an answer because the, you get taxed so much, and yeah. it doesn't matter how much you work, you sort of seem to be trapped. This is what got me researching. Exactly, I share
2: that. Five. And that's, and that's mm-hmm. the trap that all of us are trapped in. Most of the people in the world just struggle to survive day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. They, we can never get out of this trap because the way that the money system was structured is that through inflation and the, the expansion of money, there's always stress on the people. Mm-hmm. So you just never have enough money except the very few wealthy people in the world, never have enough money to do what it is you want to do and lead a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. From my travels in more than 30 countries and doing these lectures for 12 years now. The one thing I can I can say with absolute confidence is that people everywhere want the same thing. Mm. Everybody wants to be happy, lead a beautiful life, spend time with their family be loved, respected, and honored for who they are and what they do and what they can contribute and their talents and their skills. And exactly. people,
0: people want to it's be simple. part of the community. That's what I also found. Yes. We, we've, we've moved recently. There's more of a sense of community, but even there, when I work from home, you don't get to interact much with people. Yeah, sure. Whereas with contributionism, as uh, I'm sure you'll be telling people about you know, the, yeah. the community projects, mm. you're going to be interacting much more with people and getting to know people, and that's – Something that's very much missing.
1: Becoming an integral part of, of the community and forming meaningful relationships. And life is about meaning. Yeah.
0: And, and people, creating meaning people nowadays are lonelier than they've ever <laughs> been in large cities. You know, Absolutely. It's crazy.
2: Absolutely. And this is why virtual friends have taken over from real friends. Yes. <laughs> the, the important thing is that whoever's watching this, please put your mind at ease. We have a solution there is an absolute solution for relieving us from the slavery, the economic slavery, the slavery of money, the corporate structures, the permit structures of compartmentalization and need-to-know basis, the the corporate control systems, the government control systems. All of this will fall apart virtually overnight once we can implement that first one small town with success the way that it was intended. Mm. And we are getting closer and closer to that on a daily basis. We have a solution. We have a plan of action. We have a very clear strategy how to implement it, what to do, what not to do. And more importantly, it does not require anything from the people that want to participate in it. And we use the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation so we don't oppose or resist anybody. We take what is thrown at us to try and enslave us and we turn it and bend it in our favor so that it actually turns around and actually feeds us and supports our communities and individually to achieve and create a community with Prosperity and abundance for everybody. And this is it. The one small town strategy and plan of action has encoded into it. And we've discussed it in some detail already. The one small town has a solution for every possible problem that we might face. Mm. And I can say this with absolute clear conscience and honesty Mm. and integrity. Because I've been through this for many years now. Thousands and thousands of questions and obstacles and hurdles that people throw in all the time. Because that's what we do to trip ourselves up. Every time we find a problem, mm. we find a solution in the one small town strategy because it comes from the people for themselves and for their community. It doesn't come from some oligarch or dictator telling you mm. what you can and cannot do. It comes from the community, the council of elders, the mayor, the council that now works with the people in the community. And the solutions are so simple, elegant, and applicable to every problem that we find. It is a beautiful thing.
0: But it does mean that we have to take action. It does mean that we actually have to go to our mayors and mayors and demand that we have this. Yep. You know, we, we want this. Yep. We, the people, can have this. I...
2: Whatever happened in the past, we can't oh. deal with what happened today and yep. yesterday and even at this moment. What we can influence is what we do from next minute or tomorrow morning when we wake up. We now know what to do. We know what the plan of action is. We know it works. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We know this from our one small town in in North Frontenac, Canada, that is chugging along. Mm -hmm. They have some challenges, and I believe that the next one small town that implements this with all the different steps that have been planned and proposed will do this very, very successfully so that it creates a domino effect for thousands of small towns and the mayors and the councils and the people of those towns that will then create the domino effect across continents, across countries and borders that will be unstoppable by any government, any army or anyone that tries to stop that success from happening. The beautiful thing about this is that what I mentioned earlier, we're using the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation. This is really important. The moment we don't use that, we go back into the old paradigm by opposing and resisting. So the moment we use the tools of liberation as tools of, uh, tools of enslavement as tools of liberation, we empower ourselves. We turn, we go, and one of the tools of enslavement is the political system. Now, we can't go and start a party, which we did. we ran political campaigns in South Africa, the U.K. and in Australia, and almost in Canada and the USA. But we realized the moment we became a political party, we became an opposition movement, and we started to oppose, and we are seen as the enemy. Of the other parties. And the last thing I want to do is divide people anymore. We can't be seen as the enemy because we're proposing a different solution. So we realize that politics, after four years or five years in politics, realize that that's not going to work. And even in the last political campaign in South Africa in 2016, we then already started to restructure our strategy into the one small town can change the world strategy. We're not going to win a political campaign. We're not going to run a country. We're not going to get into parliament very quickly because that requires a lot of funding, a lot of money, a lot of PR, which we simply don't have. But if we become a movement that promotes a solution that can be adopted by any party or any mayor that has been elected, we have a solution that can be implemented by that mayor. And that is where everything started to fall into place. It's a beautiful thing because now... In countries where mayors are elected, South Africa has a very unique problem because our mayors are not elected by the people. Our mayors are appointed by the political party. So they're an instrument of the political party, and they will not necessarily be able to implement a strategy that is not uh, okayed by the political party head office. But if you live in a country where your mayor is elected by the community, by the people, you are sitting on a goldmine mine to make the one small town a reality virtually overnight. So all you need to do is take this document that I've shared with Lana. It is also on the Ubuntu Planet website. Uh, You can download it there. You can download the manifesto on the Ubuntu Planet or onesmalltown.org as well. You can download the manifesto and the document, which is a proposal to mayors of small towns. It's a 10-page document that spells out the plan of action that talks about how simple it is to implement it Starting with our own supply of electricity, it's very important because the electricity that we have is brand new technology that very few people know about. We'll bring our own electricity device into that town that provides electricity for the entire community. Not just the few people that can afford it, the electricity platform becomes the platform of unification for all the people. That is a very powerful platform to start off with. Once we have our own supply of electricity, all the money that we pay for our own electricity supply stays within our community. We're not paying some outside supplier, so we pay for it, and the money leaves our community. So we don't benefit from it. Once we have our own supply of electricity, that is a fundamental start for this. And that also becomes a very strong unifying factor, you can imagine. You know how much closer the people will be to each other once they know that mm. we are actually looking after ourselves with our own energy, the self-sustainable living community. Yes, which is very important.
1: This is these are tools for sovereignty and freedom for anyone who's interested in sovereignty. And I and I know there's a big sovereignty movement going on in the world, and we talk about this a lot on this radio show. And if you're one of the people that's out there looking at the news and. I recommend you don't anyhow, but if you're (laughs) frustrated with your life and you're frustrated with the things that happen in your life and you're complaining about it all the time, like I do, and anyone will tell you if they know me, I complain a lot about things that go on in the world. We need a solution, and we not only need a solution, we need a positive solution and a workable solution. And a plan of action. And a plan of action, and this is it. And you can do this. Anyone can do this.
0: So I understand that this is going to take place in small towns of about 4,000 to Mm 7,000 people.
2: Anything between, at at anything between 5,000 and 10,000 people, and there's a reason why we chose 5 to 10,000 people, I'm not going to go into details now, even if 20% of the community agrees to participate in the businesses or the community projects that we're going to set up as the community cooperative structures and businesses and activities, even if 20% participate, that still leaves between 1,000 and 4,000 people that will participate in the community projects. Keep in mind that the community projects are well-oiled, well-planned, well-managed businesses that are set up based on the industrial potential, the inventive potential, the scientific potential, the healing, the farm food growing potential of that town and that community. So what happens is this. The mayor reads the document. The mayor realizes that he, does not, he or she does not need any funding. The mayor does not need any special skills. The mayor needs nothing except the will and the desire to change the future of his or her family and the people of their community. That's all that is required. Then we start working with that mayor. There's a bullet, a bullet point plan of action, what to do. The mayor becomes the spokesperson for that community and the projects and this initiative that we start. So it's the mayor that will share the good news on social media, on a special channel that we create for that community, that town that is starting the One Small Town strategy. And every week, the mayor goes out and tells the world about the exciting projects that we've identified, the businesses, the farming, the food growing the food preservation, the the GMO reversing GMO through our scientists and GMO engineers. So we've got beautiful organic seeds. We've got the healers that come into our town with cures for cancer and alternative energy devices and levitation technology, and so much more. New science material, material scientists that create new materials out of hemp and silica that that can uh, biodegradable, non-toxic, recyclable, and reusable, everything we choose to do in this one small town strategy and the implementation of of our businesses and our projects will be to benefit the community in every possible way and this will be like the hub of
1: the wheel for all other solutions and yes. mind you when we yes. talk about all of the problems of the world i believe that all of the solutions to all of the problems already exist so we've got a foundation cool. and yes. a blueprint for bringing all of those solutions that are not being implemented
2: right now into yeah. manifesting it into reality which we all want. So the time is here. Lana, David, now I believe that the time is right because you can go back there with fresh news, fresh view yourself, having been given more information about the energy device that we have through our very special and unique energy partner that will bring the electricity device to your town, implement it, and use that as a springboard. The benefits that people then get all the people have to do is to participate is contribute three hours a week.
0: Three hours. That's nothing. That's it, just amazing. It is incredible. And now, it creates a free labor force, doesn't
2: it? Absolutely. So, so the key thing is that people, when you say three hours a week, people can't compute how that right. could possibly make a difference. So let me spell it out for you. If you have a town of 10,000 people and everyone contributes three hours a week, you suddenly have 30,000 hours of labor a week. 30,000 hours of labor per week. You've just turned your little town into a powerful competitor to every large multinational corporation. So we can then choose right. to start a new computer factory, a new Silicon Valley, a new healing center for cancer. We can choose to do anything because we got all this labor that is contributed by the people of our community. We and everybody can contribute everybody, three hours a week. Everybody. Everyone is three hours a week. So, so. Do. that doesn't mean you have to leave your job. You don't have to change your life. You don't have to do anything. Everything continues as normal but starts to change for the better of the people of that community. Because everything we then do as this labor force of our own town, of our own community, everything we do, the food we grow, the technology we create, the furniture we make, the healing centers we build, everything is free to those that contribute. So if I contribute three hours a week, I have access to all of this stuff. So this is a very key important difference between bartering and trading or exchanging, right? Right. We're not bartering or trading or exchanging. That is not a solution. It's another control system because he who has more to trade or barter will rule and control everybody else. This way, everybody's skills are seen as equal. Everybody's three-hour contribution seen as equal. Even if you just have to go and stand somewhere and guard some chickens mm. or look after some, some I don't know, look after something or drive someone from here to there or work in a factory moving boxes. Everybody's three hours is contributing towards the greater good of everybody else. And this is why, as long as you contribute your three hours, whether it's in the bakery, mm-hmm. and the farm, in the science lab, doesn't matter. As long as you contribute your three hours a week, you have access to everything we've created for ourselves. So we're talking
0: about the possibility of free food, Yes. free electricity.
2: Yes. So the benefits are, the electricity is ours already. Right. As soon as we've paid for the installation of the electricity device, we can then choose what to do with that electricity. So one of the first benefits that I've been suggesting is that the people get is as long as you contribute three hours a week, before we can grow food, before we can create the technology or set up the other factories, the electricity is already going to be there. So the first benefit that we can offer everyone in our community is free electricity. As long as you contribute your three hours a week, you have free electricity that goes to the businesses, that goes to the Private homes that goes to the factories, to the farms, everywhere. Then you start seeing a spectacular turnaround. Suddenly you work three hours a week in a community project and remember these are businesses. They're run by managers, by special skills expert. If you need a bakery, we have one bakery that bakes bread for our entire town. We might have satellite offices if the town is spread over a big area, but all the bakeries collectively will belong to all the people of the community together with the investor that funded that bakery. And therefore, when the profits come in, if we make $100,000 a month, 50% of the money or one-third of that money will go to the community distributed between the people that contribute their three hours a week, and the rest of it goes to the investor which might be the community themselves. We ourselves as the community might actually become the investor in our own future mm. projects. So we as the community end up only funding the first bunch of projects to set us up. After that, we'll then start funding all the additional businesses and projects. So we know we'll no longer need investors. It's just to start. Set your mind free. And imagine if we've set up 100 businesses, 100 businesses making you know, $100,000 a month. That gives us, what is it, a million million or $10 million a month, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you're distributing half of that money towards the community every month. It's a huge amount. Mm -hmm. There are no small towns that actually have even investors. Investors will not invest into small towns because it's not a good investment. There are very few small towns that actually have an income. We'll have an income from our own electricity Mm -hmm. and we'll have an income from our own businesses and projects that we start. So suddenly we have this income coming in every month, distributed to the people and reinvesting into creating new projects. It is a spectacular plan of action. There is no downsides to this. There's a lot more details obviously in the, in the uh, document.
0: It just shows what we can do when yes. we put our, pull our efforts together. It's unstoppable. It is unstoppable. And We
1: need to put it into action. We need to see it. We need to see it successful and then we need to replicate that success. Everything needs to start somewhere. And of course there's setbacks in any venture that you go into. Normally. And so that doesn't mean anything. You keep going. When you know you've got something that's going to work, you make it work. Just like Roner and I, you know, in the United States, we talked online for three months before we met, and I, we finally said to ourselves, I need to come to Australia because that's the way we wanted to do it, because we need to test out the relationship. When you see
0: something good, you go for it. And and you really we're we're it. still and together,
1: is- we're doing well, right. the relationship is working. So we had to test it out in real life to know. That's right. So
0: that's so this what you do it This like. is really good. It's, it's, it's just amazingly good. It's brilliant. It's,
2: it's brilliant. A, it's a, and it will work. And what's the beauty about this is that it's a simple plan. Mm. Everyone gets, everyone can understand mm. it. Then what will happen is this. As our projects grow in numbers and we get more money every month, the distribution of the profits every month to the people of our community will keep going up. And quite soon, I believe, if, if, we might have, for example, our, our, our hospital, our healthcare, health mm. and wellness center, how much money do you think our health and wellness center will do when we start curing cancer? Right, we'll have a we'll have a queue of people, a waiting list of people to come in and be cured of cancer. They're going to pay for it. Remember, they're not part of our community. They're coming to get a service to be cured of cancer, so they're going to be paying for it. Our, our health and wellness center will probably make you know hundred million dollars a month, hundred million dollars a year, or a billion dollars a year, depends on how much traffic goes through our health and wellness center. Mm. So don't think. Don't be confined to the normal kind of businesses. Mm. There there are other areas. Tourism, for example, could be a huge business. People come into our town to see what we do and how we do things. Tourism alone will be a huge business for our town, bringing money paradoxically whereas at the moment people
0: are flocking to the cities for jobs yeah. this is going to be creating jobs in the small towns yes. jobs what, for your town one
2: of the things well the first that you said here that we don't use the word jobs we use the word work okay. because job means labor of love yes a job means that you work for someone so you're a slave to a company or a corporation or a boss work means that something you do either for yourself or your community so we say we create work for every single person in our community. No one is ever left out, no one is excluded, everyone is invited in. People will exclude themselves by their own choice. Obviously, if people exclude themselves, they say, I don't want to be part of this, then they carry on paying for the electricity and the services and the food as they normally would, while all their friends start to get things for free. Free electricity, free services, whatever it is that we do for ourselves. So it'll, it won't take long before the people that are sitting on the fence to say, okay, hold on, I also want free electricity. I also want to go get free food from the grocery store or the or the farm warehouse or whatever, right? So very quickly, the people that sit on the fence in the beginning will say, okay, I can, I can find three hours a week somewhere. I'm sure I can find three hours a week, you know? And it's just spectacular. The one thing I also forgot to mention is one of the first things that the mayor needs to do as part of the mayor's address to the world on social media about the success what we're doing what they're planning what they've done and so So every week it's the mayor that tells us the good news there is no good news in the world today this will be the only channel with good news where you'll see a small town people doing amazing things making new discoveries creating Mm. new things growing stuff developing inventing engineering stuff that we can't even imagine Mm. but one of the main things the mayor needs to do is to go out there and say If you're an inventor or a creator or a healer, if you can cure cancer, if you can create free energy, if you can a new material scientist, and new materials, come to my town. If you're a teacher, an educator, anything, come to my town. We will give you what you need so you can put your talents to the best practice for the benefit of our community. You know that that mayor will be inundated and has already been, in our experience, inundated with emails from thousands of people They'd want to move to our town with special special skills, talents, and abilities that will create this Mm. abundance explosion on a quantum level. Ripple effect.
1: Yeah. I want to mention fear, but I'm sure we're almost out of time. So I'll just say, forget about the fear. Life is a risk. There is no risk here. And if you don't take action, you can expect to be in the same place you're already in. And if you're not comfortable with that, move forward. Face whatever fear it is, because it's not real. And you can trust
2: me on this as well. One simple conclusion we can reach. Whatever we've done in the past, everything we've ever done, every socioeconomic structure, political system we've had has failed us. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We'd be living beautiful lives of freedom, happiness, abundance, prosperity, uh, and enjoying our lives, not having to worry about go to to work and and being in time. Otherwise, your boss craps on your head. So everything has failed us. So we've got to stop worrying about what we've done recognize what we've done, know that we should never do that again, and embrace something we've never done before. This is something we've never done before, something that's brand new, and something that we now know from experiences, physical experience, practical experience, it has already worked. Now we just need to implement it over and over again. One very successful example anywhere in the world where the mayor has been elected and the mayor wants to do this for him, his own family, and the rest of the community. If you reclaim your personal
1: power, you'll feel powerful and any obstacles that ever come up in your life will be non-existent because you'll be powerful enough to deal with anything that comes up in your life.
2: One of the other important things that have happened in North Frontenac, for example, with Ron Higgins, is that the moment he announced his plan of action to implement the contributionism principle in their town, his phone started to ring with investors wanting to invest in the town. So. How many mayors in the world do you know who are getting phone calls from investors of small towns? Mayors of small towns, can we invest? We want to invest in your small town. We love what you're doing. We love what you're proposing. I want to invest in your small town. No mayor of any small town has that kind of luxury. We know that that's what happens. When we implement this as successfully as it should be implemented, that phone is going to ring off the hook. That tower is going to have investors queuing up to invest in all the different possibilities in that community because conscious millionaires and wide awake wealthy people know how difficult it is to invest money. They know what a shark tank it is out there, what a feeding frenzy, and what a slippery slope it is from investing money and losing everything. Suddenly, you've got an opportunity. And why are they so interested in investing money? Because suddenly they know that everyone in town is on their side. Every person in the town is there to help them succeed in that business. Mm-hmm. No one opposition. There's no opposition. No opposing business that's going to try and undermine you to run you out of business so that they can take control. So that doesn't exist. And this is why the investors are so keen to invest in our businesses and our projects. They know that they've got a free labor force. Everyone is on mm-hmm. their side. And they will have a success whichever way they look at it. It is a spectacular solution on every possible level. So if you're interested, I would urge you to go
0: to Michael Tellinger's website.
2: Yeah, to Ubuntu Planet or michaeltellinger.com. But Ubuntu Planet, sign up, join the movement online. We obviously ask our members to make a contribution so we can run and carry on running the office and fund our expenses, which is mostly just managing the office, answering emails and traveling around promoting the the strategy, but also talking to mayors of towns around the world that want to implement this. So I have to travel around and and be a a mentor for the mayors that love this, but they need to know how to implement it. So I need to be able to travel around to make this a success. So we need funding for the Ubuntu office. And then secondly, find your local Ubuntu representatives or go online, join the Ubuntu movement and start your own Ubuntu meetup group in your town, invite like-minded people. Share the documents with them, share this, and then find a way to approach your mayor with the document. It's all written, you don't have to write anything. We suggest you use our document because if you try and write this with a lack of knowledge, you will mess this up, guaranteed. Use our document, and you, the mayor will see that there is no downside. Mm-hmm. We never ever yeah. ask the mayor for any money, for any funding, for anything other than, I want to do this. But remember, yeah. you do have to be active, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. it's up to you it to do something. Ages. We've joined the movement. We're going to make this happen. And I think, as you said before, it's not money which makes a difference. It's people that make a difference.
2: Great. Great quote. Yeah. Money does nothing. People do everything. You can put a pile of money on a table. You can put it in a room. You can put it anywhere. That money will do nothing. It is people that will go and grow the seeds, plant the food, create the food, cook the food, create the engineering, and develop the technology. And... And and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. People do everything. Money yes. does nothing. We
1: are not a source of labor. We are not a human resource. We are people. We have value yes. as living beings. Keep that in mind. You're not a labor source. You are not a labor pool. You are a person, a human. And we being can make value. things happen. Intrinsic we. value.
0: Thank you very Thank much, you, Michael Tillich, yeah. for being
2: on our show. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming to South Africa. Yes, to taking the tour of it's the been ancient amazing. sites. And by taking the tour of the ancient sites you've actually been able to get a lot closer to the spirit of the Ubuntu and yes. contributionism philosophy. It's amazing. You just
1: started this in January, recent discoveries of the giant footprint, which people just have to see to believe. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more discoveries from you and more research and more exciting developments on that in that area. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much, Michael. And Thank this is you. the Thank Universal Solar, Life. Dr. Landa
1: Detective David Love. Bye for now. Bye.
0: to the